You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about the wicked, wicked, wild, wicked, wild, wild west. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. No, to the podcast. We're your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Cowan. How you doing, Brian? I am dandy. Getting ready to talk about like the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, obviously. The Wild Wild West. And we also have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hi, hi. West. Back when Will Smith ruled the, uh, the 4th of July summer weekend. He ruled the West. The Wild Wild West. Not true, though. Right. <laughs> All right. Can we, can we talk about these uh, these westerns that get like um, like the sci-fi slash fantasy treatment? Do they ever fucking work out? I I was trying to think about some of these today. Like cowboys and aliens doesn't like that wasn't a big box office hit. What was that Josh Brolin movie? Um, Jonah Hex or something like that. I didn't see that one. Yeah, was I know. No, no, they're all terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll down and see what the box office on this. So budget is $170 million. One of the most expensive movies ever made at the time. That's crazy. I wonder how much of that went to um, <laughs> Mr. Smith. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure he collected quite a quite a paycheck. Because this, this is right after, um, let me see, he'd done Independence Day, Men in Black, and Enemy of the State. And all of those were pretty big hits. $222 million gross, though. They made their money, kind of. No, they didn't. Except for that $10 million music video they made. What? Okay, so, like, for $170 million, you have to double that. And that's what, like, bare minimum, without any marketing, that's that, that's how much you, you need to gross. That's some Forrest Gump math you're doing there. Double it? <laughs> yeah, you have to double. Yeah, so you take your, your gross. Uh, not your gross, but you take your budget, and you multiply that by two. And that is bare minimum what you would need to make in the theaters. Because theaters only give half the money back to the studios. Theaters keep half of it. Oh, that's right. That is true. And when I said Forrest Gump math, I didn't mean because Brian is, is, is you know, mentally challenged. I mean, it was the, that they say that Forrest Gump's never made money, even though that, you know, it totally has. No, I understood. You didn't say Rain it's, Man. It's, it's that clever. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Movies never make money, ever. <laughs> Hollywood accountants, bro. That's why they paid the big bucks. Yeah, man, we got to hide that money. And somebody, but uh, somebody made a lot of money off this movie. And this movie is, this movie was a challenge. This movie was a challenge to watch. Um, <laughs> out of all the films we've watched so lately, I and mean, I had so I had such high hopes for this film because I remember liking the Wicked, Wicked, Wild, Wicked, Wild, Wild West back in, in the day. But I th- I'm going to chalk that one up to youth and naivete. Really. Yeah, man. Are you still rocking on the Wild Wild West? No, man. I, I didn't like it when it came out in theaters. Okay. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was sandwiched in all this weird stuff during the summer, because that was the summer of 99, and like like March kind of kicked off summer uh, early with the, was that, the Matrix came out. Holy shit. 
And like that just kind of set the whole summer. And then like uh, what was it the the Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Epis- Man, Star Wars Episode One also came out that year. Yeah, that was a little I bit of a disappointment. The only thing I probably saw in the theater that year was Star Wars. You didn't see Oswald shut in the theater, my, bro. I didn't see Oswald shut until I was well into my teens. Like you know, and, and like oh. you know, I had, yeah. I, I didn't grow up as sheltered as Griggs, but it, it was there. You know what I mean? That's right. Throwing shade. <laughs> to somebody that's not even here. Yeah. Fuck him. No. <laughs> Love you, Griggs. Kristen, did you see this in theaters? Of course I saw this in theaters. I Really? Yeah. I went with my whole family, with my like with, and I went with my dad. He took me and all of my siblings to go see it. And I have to say I loved it when it came out and I was a little concerned because I've I mean I haven't it's not like a movie that I watch regularly um and one of you guys was saying how it didn't hold up and so I was actually kind of dreading this but I have to say I, I loved it again when I watched it for this I thought it was really funny it was so funny really the second- Kevin Klein is hilarious See, yeah yeah I, I see it. I see what they're trying to do. It's like a big cartoon. And, and I will yeah. say the, the second time I, I watched it, I enjoyed it more than the first time when I was just like, ick. <laughs> it's so, it's this humor is all slapstick humor and yeah. nothing is serious. Will Smith is just, you know, jokes his way through it. And I have to say, if I'm going to sit and watch a movie about the the West, like a Western, I'd rather it be something like this. That's at least like, kind of entertaining a lot of these movies take themselves so seriously and i just i don't care like i just don't it's not that exciting i don't care um and it actually kind of made me think uh bringing in like all of the steampunk technology elements of it um what was that oh shoot what was that tv show on hbo that was about them like time traveling through to the west but they're in the future do you know what i'm talking about no west world Westworld. Westworld, and I was like, that's not Westworld travel, would have been. That's not what that's about. Well, yeah, whatever. You know what? <laughs> Listen, the thing is, it sucks. Westworld is terrible, and I was like, you know, if Westworld that's was like this, I would watch it. Shots no, fired. it's so Shots bad. Fired. <laughs> Never talking TV with you guys ever again. <laughs> Look, Kristen, you can't just throw that out like that because it's not true. <laughs> Wait, which part? Like, okay, I guess the time travel isn't true. You're right. Not, no, but I don't mean, I don't mean else that. Is valid. <laughs> Westworld is, is is pretty is pretty good, man. No, okay, but here's the thing. Um, it's not. It's just. It's not good. <laughs> it's, just, it's just trash. It's just trash. It's just whatever you think. It's, it's fucking trash. <laughs> This movie's better than Westworld. <laughs> this it's is what more Westworld should be. Than Westworld. I would watch Westworld if it was like funny like this. Instead, it's just like nothing. There's not nothing happens, and then they shoot each other, and I'm just like God. Like why? Kristen, why am I you here? can go into this world and you oh, can have no. sex with everybody, <laughs> and then kill them, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> and you come back tomorrow and do it again. <laughs> Will Smith does that in this movie too. He has sex with a lot of people, probably. I mean, it's not because it's PG 13, but he could if this was R. And like, you know, then he shoots people and it's great. And they make jokes about him shooting people. It's and they make, fun. I mean, I do. This, this film is, you know, with its rating, it's still full of sexual stuff. It's, he's like, you can't go ramming a man's personal things into a hole like that. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, I mean, what the whole fucking thing where he has like the 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 redneck party that he calls it, and he like you can't go drumming on a white lady's titties. There's like, oh, he's like never drum on a white lady's white white lady's boobies at a redneck uh, dance. That's what he says. Yeah. Yes, that's hilarious. Why can't Westworld do that? Look, it's boring. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's boring. This is this is much funnier. I agree. Funnier no, than this is not. No, 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 no. It's funny. It's funnier than Westworld, bro. No, it's not even that. No, no. This is this is this is just painful comedy. No. We'll just start at this. Let's just start at the top. We're just going to go down its list of offenses. This opening credit scene has like no momentum. It's just like random shots, which I realized that watching the music video before the podcast is like, damn, are they using shots from the music video? And, and then. <laughs> It's like they took all these random shots that have, like I said, no pace, no momentum, threw them over the the song, and then they put an After Effects plug in, and was like, "Go!" It's 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 pretty bad, man. Yeah, 
it's it's long garbage uh, it doesn't Rip set on. it doesn't set up the movie it doesn't feel fun uh it's just like wow <laughs> with as much yeah. money it was spent you figure there'd be a lot more fun going on that's fair it, it was just I, it was just kind of flashy and not that interesting they're, they're, it's a ta- it's a take on the, it's a take on the James Bond openings, but at least those yeah. are exciting and like visually interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But yeah, not as it doesn't compare to James Bond. The openings to James Bond, anyway. No, it's it's just it's just boring. It's just boring. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was the the guy running from the saw blade in the beginning. <laughs> oh, and he said to the, he's like he's like yeah. he's like ah giant spider. Cra- no, no, he's like crazy man, giant spider. Got to reach the president. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like set up all this shit, you know. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do like when they bring him back and they do the little, uh, you know, even though, you know, that's a man's head. That's a man's head, Brian. I, I like I like them candling his eyes or whatever, making, you know, making him glow. That was cool. That was really cool. And, and needing the, the glasses. Good touch. <laughs> Yeah, I think all the all the production design stuff and like even the costume design, I think everything on in front of the camera looks incredible unless there's a green screen involved. Then it looks oh, like dude. ass fuck. Yeah. Even, you can tell when the pickup shots, they did some pickup shots with green screen. Like like they were in real location or whatever and then it cuts and they're standing on a green screen for like a like a part of a scene. I was like, "Eh, <laughs> the lighting has changed." Like 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 when when they find when they find the dude with the uh the cone out of his ear that McGrath or whatever when they find oh, him Ted Levy the, <laughs> the guy from Silence of Lambs yeah guy, yeah that guy when they find him laying down in the in the <laughs> in the water dying that's totally on a soundstage oh dude this but whole then, movie's on a soundstage <laughs> I don't know I'm just saying like it just it just feels like eh. <laughs> look at this fake tree the tree from the Beetlejuice set is like set up they just kind of wheel that in behind <laughs> Even their collar section, when they, when they when they fall into that little like, the river or pond, like right afterwards, when they're trying to get their collars off, and they oh, they, and they, and that thick, and that thick. Well, okay, yeah. Oh, that you're talking too. about when they were when they were on the uh, Star Trek uh, the uh, the Next Generation set when they fall into that exactly. pond. Exactly. <laughs> yes, like everything. It's straight up. It looks just like it's like Star Trek. I'm like, wow, they they landed on Kel Four Three or whatever. <laughs> Barry Barry Sonnenfeld, the director on the commentary, he's just talking. He's like, yeah, this was on the Disney backlot. This was on the Disney backlot. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This movie feels exactly like all those early '90s like fantasy movies, like The Rocketeer. Yeah. Or Dick Tracy. That's exactly what this feels like because they're all shot on a fucking backlot or a soundstage. Like everything feels like it's a cartoon. I, well, I. That's what I'm saying. Like once you, once you, I know it's supposed to be. Get once you get over that, you know, and, you, and you're like, you know, yeah, it's it's going to be ridiculous. Like 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 when he's all the way down to the point when at the beginning of the movie he's he's trying to you know there's this runaway uh, horse thing you know like horse carriage or whatever and he's on he's on the front of it trying to stop it or whatever and he ends up running up and you know going over the side of a cliff but the cliff is only like you know <laughs> it's only like 15 feet you know and he's like ah, you know and then he, you know it's, it's it's a cartoon it's stupid it, it's you know and it happens to be just right the same height where he can look in and see the guys there and all the i know i know i know the comedy is supposed to be cartoonish but like i don't i i don't understand like how the movie spends so much time on these action set pieces but none of them are exciting i never feel any sense of danger that the characters are ever put in and all it is is a cartoon and it's like i'm not i'm not given the action scenes are not played for laughs, you know? And if they are, like, it's all, like, stupid stuff. Like, the henchman in the giant spider, like, there's a scene where Will Smith's uh, Jim West character has got to fight these, like, three different crazy henchmen. One of them's got, to like... to the different boss levels. Yeah, the two swords, <laughs> and then one's got, like, a metal cap on his head, and then one's got, like, a rail spike sticking through his dome or something. No, he, he, he's a metal man, but, the, the, dude, he, there's a great line. That's it. No more Mr. Knife Guy. And he knocks the knife guy out the window, and then, yeah, I just, and, then, and, then and then the Terminator shows up. But why, why do I? Why should I care about this? I, it's not exciting action, and we're 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 keeping. Well, we don't on know this who action. they are. 
if, if we had seen these people throughout the film, maybe, you know what I mean? It just feels so thrown in. It's like, oh, now we have to go through the mini bosses to get to the boss. Yeah. You know, out of nowhere. There's no setup on any of those people. Like that fight should have been it's with the henchwomen, but then they give that to Kevin Klein <laughs> and he just does a little dance number and they, they're just stupid and they fall off the edge. It's like, what? Gordon, stop dancing. That's not funny. It's just like, okay. Uh. It's funny because he's fighting women, Brian. And he's been dressed up as a woman the whole time. God. Come on, Brian. It's funny. Cro- no, cross-dressing is not funny either. God, no, it's stupid. What? No. Did Kevin Klein play the damn... <laughs> Did, is he the president? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's like Dave. It's literally Dave 2.0. Okay, yeah, it's because sometimes I was thinking that, okay, there is an actor playing the president, but then I was like, no, that's, this is confusing. (laughs) That's why they like, I think there's one shot where they're, they're both facing the camera, but for the most part, they're shooting, you know, it's like French overs. Yeah, especially at the end, you know, like they're actually blocking either one of them out with somebody else in the frame, which is kind of cool. But is this before or after Dave? Oh, this is way after Dave. Dave was like 93. So this is 1999. Good for them. I like that. I like the movie even more. It went up like 0. 0.5 in my uh, in my score so far. No, <laughs> we haven't told <laughs> we haven't said this what the score is, Brian. But what I'm saying is, it just it moved up a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, <sighs> Avante. I reject your 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 0. 0.5, <laughs> Jared. Increase? No, what? No. I... <laughs> sunglasses are really cool. I mean, not sunglasses not are at great, all, but great looking. Hey, you know that's the. Where do you think that uh, Tarantino got the idea? Right here. Oh yeah, no, I I, I think there's some definite like uh, uh, callbacks to um, and in uh, Django, you know, like especially the way J- uh, like Jamie Fox is dressed, like yeah, those tight and that was I, what what kind of coat is that that they're wearing? The, the short coat. It's like a vest, isn't it? Well, th- there's about? a vest, but then like the blazer that the um, Will Smiths is w- is wearing, it's shorter than it's it's like a. It has tails. Are you talking about the one with tails? It's it's, it's, it's a breast coat. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have enough suits, Jared. Did, 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 was it long in the back and just short in the front? It was not long in the back. It's short all the way around. That's why I don't know what it's called. It's not like uh you know the top hat it's and tails a, thing. It's called a vest, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's wearing a vest under that, and then his blazer no, on top. No, no, that that I, I like. That's you know, he's like, uh, you know, she's like, damn, why are you always working and all that? And I was like, man, I can relate. And like, you know, he's <laughs> he keeps looking, whatever. But like, you know, when he puts on his little vest thing and he's not wearing a shirt, he turns around and says, now I'm working, and he jumps into the fight. You talking about that thing, or are you talking about something beyond that? Yeah, exactly. That yeah, the blazer that he's wearing when he's not wearing anything at all underneath it, like right when it's he gets out. No, that's not a vest. <laughs> the vest doesn't have sleeves. This has sleeves. Kristen has to decide because no, we're yeah. a stalemate. I just looked it up because I wasn't entirely sure what you were talking about. And I see why you're confused. I don't know what that kind of jacket is. It almost looks like, um, I mean, honestly, it kind of looks like what like waiters wear. But I don't know what it's called. It's so you can reach down and grab your gun because so the jacket doesn't. Well, cover no, it. it's so that when he's not wearing a shirt in the next scene, he looks hot. Like that's why they put him in it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> it's sexy. I mean, well, it does look damn good. Yeah, it it is. <laughs> now I gotta look to it up. Tell you. Um, but no, he was even wearing it in the music video. It's it it just looks good on him, and you know. I, I don't like even his collar and the and the the little um, little ties guy that just looks good on him with the glasses and the hat like yeah even his all of his uh, wardrobe stuff even like the shot of them wearing the collars you know the, the the metal collars all of his jackets are cut real high and I think that's because so you can grab your gun you know everything's above the belt line so everybody's wearing these short little short little things yeah it's just very anti Clint Eastwood Western yeah look. I was gonna say I don't think that's historically accurate though. But, like, short jackets on men isn't, like, unless they're tuxedo jackets, they're not short like that, historically speaking. It reminded me a lot of The Untouchables, like, how they just kind of went, went like, yeah, this is kind of the period, but we're going to make it look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that had a little air of, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say comic book, you know, early TV, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it had a little, like, you know, a little, a little make-believe to it, a little, like, hyper-reality. But this well, I, one goes full on comic book. I was gonna say like cartoon. 
cartoon. There you go. The whole thing is like very steampunky, so it's not. I mean, it's already. It's they have their own like take on it, and I think that they did a great job doing that. It's not exact. I wouldn't say that it's accurate at all, like historically accurate. But I think for what they did, Deborah Lynn Scott was the costume designer. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think every, like everyone looks great. The only, actually the only, I mean, we can come back to talking about like how hot Will Smith looks. Um, but a brief side note is <laughs> he's dressed. Nice. Um, well, yeah. Okay. But like also, um, but I hated how the henchwomen were like wearing underwear. That was the only outfits that I did not appreciate in any of this. Like it makes sense for like the concubines to be wearing underwear. Um, when they go to the whorehouse, but like, there's no, like they're doing stuff. Like, why are they wearing corsets and like petticoats? Like they should be wearing clothes. Like that was the only one that I really didn't enjoy. Well, I think that was, I think they're trying to play on some kind of joke with Loveless because he does, he, he constantly throughout the movie, he talks about how, like how he, how he has no dick. And he's like, how can I please a woman? And there's all this phallic imagery throughout the whole movie. And I think he just has them like running around and I, I don't even know what they're trying to say with it. I think he's trying to like oh, trying to say the character is overcompensating for his lack of genitalia. So now he's got women in, dressed in their underwear, like all around him. There's even like some moment where they're shooting at Jim West and, the, and that spider. And she's like, oh, no, it's uh, it's when they're in the train car. And one, one of the chicks is like, I got him in my sights. And Loveless is like, yes, I can. I got it in my sights, too. And he's like staring at the chick's ass. <laughs> It's, I don't know what they're doing with that. Like some of that stuff just doesn't. It doesn't land in a kids' cartoony movie. It's for the it's for the parents, you know, little hidden stuff in there not, for you to enjoy it. It's I don't know. It's just weird. The whole Loveless character is bizarre. Like his obsession with spiders, like because they have more legs than because he's got zero legs and a spider has eight legs. Ooh, it's all about the legs. I don't. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just kind of bizarre. How did they do his like? You know, half of his body missing. Is there somebody having to paint that out? Yeah. Every frame? That poor bastard. Dude, that's that's all they did. And the, the fucking, yeah. It's 99, so the effect stuff was is pretty cool for the time period. But, man, watching it today, it just, it looks like dog shit, dude. It looks like dog shit. <laughs> like, and why, why, and the, when they're sitting in the train, why is, why is that, why is that fucking blue screen? Like it's a wild, it's a western. Like this is like one of the times that you can use a projection, or you can even take a fucking picture and put it on one of those scroll loops, and just fucking have that thing back there. And the audience would, stones that shit. Yeah, that's right. The audience <laughs> would be on board because they'd be like, "Oh yeah." I mean, Quentin Tarantino did the same thing in Pulp Fiction, and that was in '94. This is '99. Have some balls and some like fucking just if if you're gonna do something as. If you're not going to spend your 170 million dollars and go shoot a train on a location and just actually do the shot for real, at least give me some kind of visually cool aesthetic to look at. Like fuck me. I was going to ask, wasn't there a time period and please please I I this could be very inaccurate, but it just seemed kind of from my perception that um there was a time period where because they had special effects and they had CGI that they like it was almost studios almost seemed to want to go that route instead of doing something new or interesting or filming on location. And I don't know. I mean, it didn't look better. It looked worse in most cases, but wasn't I mean, was this in that time period or did I just make that up that there was a time period? I feel like there was, though. No, you're right. Uh, I think it was like right around. Uh, it was when James Cameron did Titanic, I think in 97. That kind of just, the, the dam exploded. It just, it, all the water came through, all the special effects, just everything was on a computer kind of like at that point. And they're like, oh, computers can do everything. And I mean, they're not wrong. They can. But just because you can do it doesn't mean we should. No, I agree with you. It looks like shit. They should have done something else. I was just curious if that was around that time. No, you're totally right. Yeah, it is. It was like, like 97 and the, what was the other big one that year? Uh, oh, it was the Lost World, the second Jurassic Park movie. Like, once those two films came out, like, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, what can't you do? You, you can do everything. There was a dinosaur walking down the street. There's a dinosaur that ate someone off a toilet. Oh, that was in the first you Jurassic can, Park. I'm just saying, that proved that you could do anything. Well, no, that, that proves you could bring dinosaurs to life. When, when you had all those dinosaurs in the shot in the sequel, and then you saw the, the T-Rex, like, 
running around, not in like uh, you know the trees and the forest with the the lightning and the, the thunder where you can hide it, but like out in the city. And then they had that shot in the daytime. Everyone's like, "What the fuck, dude? That's impressive!" <laughs> like to see a dinosaur next to the building and it looks photoreal. That 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 was that was crazy. Because you know you 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 want to see a dinosaur like uh, around a bunch of plants and stuff because that's that's where they're supposed to be that's what you see in all the picture books it's where your brain goes see that's why they put this uh big ass spider out in the desert so it'd be clinging to mountains and shit and stuff that is 80 feet tall those rocks those 80 foot tall rocks those 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 random 80 foot tall rocks in the desert why would you not go shoot monument valley if you fucking have 170 million dollars why would you not take your stars and go shoot monument valley why would you not do it (laughs) <laughs> because George Lucas was doing the uh, <laughs> the pod race, bro. And they proved that you can do all that. You don't have to shoot there. They can do it for John Wayne and uh, John Ford Westerns. Come on, man. What was the what was the budget of uh, episode one? Less than this movie. No way. Yahweh. Yahweh. Way, way. Look it up. I, I, I think it's, I'm looking it up right now. I think it's a little over $100 million. That's weird. In fact, I would be, I'd be, I think it may be under $100 million. The Phantom Menace, nights at same year. 115. That's a lot less. Didn't have Will Smith, bro. That That's where the money went. <laughs> what? Will Smith? Okay, <laughs> dude. That, he got like $20 million, maybe. Like, that would be the going rate at that time for a high uh, A-lister, like high talent. But it's crazy that Star Wars costs less than this. Right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Does it look better than Star Wars? No. Not episode one. It, it looks better than episode two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. George Lucas is a pioneer. And that's what you're talking about. <sighs> yeah. A pioneer. Brian, I think we need some motivation. All right. We're going to watch the trailer then? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch a trailer for Barry Sunfield's Wild Wild West. We'll be back. Not getting enough lift. We need more speed. Gordy, that's a cliff. Yes, I know. That means the ground is going to end. Yes, I know. Gordon. 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 Before there was a secret service, there was West. Jim West. West. Jim West. Desperado. Rough rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Are you a dangerous spy or just a handsome cowboy who likes to talk around? I believe I'm that second one. Gotta stick to what we each do best. From the director of Men in Black. Now what? Let the party begin! Will Smith. Kevin Klein. Voyage. I love this train. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> and Selma Hayek. And it's a whole new West. <laughs> All right, we're back. That was a trailer for Barry Sonnenfeld's Wild Wild West with lots of trailer guy voice. Yeah, that's an exciting trailer. It was. How can you look at that trailer and be confused that like it's not a slapstick like it's obviously a slapstick comedy. There's not like depth here. Like why? What were you expecting? No, look, it's it's the action scenes and then like the whole like Will Smith slavery thing and then like him making jokes near a noose. And it's like this is some tone deaf bullshit. Like, you know what did this better? Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, uh, it had the Western vibe, uh, had had some uh, political commentary, some social commentary on race, and it was fucking funny, and I laughed during the movie. 
Kevin Klein is really doing a Gene Wilder in this. You feel is that he? at all? Yeah, at times. Yeah, I, I see Sometimes. it. I see it. Especially like the breast of fresh air, that that whole section there. Yeah, it's just yeah, like like Selma Hayek's ass hanging out of the the PJs, man, the Long Johns. Not that's... It, was, it was gorgeous, Brian. It's gorgeous. It wasn't funny though. Well, I have to say, like, I mean, I, when I watched this when I was a kid, <laughs> and the shock of seeing her ass was really funny. You know, I I remember that, like that. They in showed the, the Asian girl's ass too. Yeah, they showed like that was like it was like shocking and funny. I remember that. Like, I didn't think it was funny now, but like, <laughs> I remember it being like very funny uh, when I saw it in the theaters. But did but did you think it's a nice ass? Yeah, she's a nice ass. Like, so no, there you go. no one's just there for. Uh, <laughs> raise your hand if you just saw a nice ass. I mean, come on, I'm, dude. You Every- can say you can say the same thing about showgirls, but I'm not going to sit here and debate the quality. I can't of wait cinema. till we debate that. <laughs> we can talk about the merits of dog food. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the merits of bad dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Written by one of the highest paid screenwriters in the history of Hollywood, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's just things in this movie. They just don't. They. Don't, it's weird because like all of it should work. Like it just worked in in Men in Black. You know, like we all saw that in '97, right? So we got the same director, the same star, a lot of the same. Like even the guns in the train, those flip around. Yeah. Like, uh, it's the same shit, <laughs> right? No, 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 I, no. It's uh, actually I forget. I think Brian, you said this. What it is? The difference between this and Men in Black uh, is it's a. Yeah, it's whenever you mess with a Western, whenever you change something in a Western, people just don't like it. It's, and that goes, I would argue that goes for almost any historical situation. Whenever you try to update anything historical or do something new or different, people like lose their shit. And I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the movies are bad. <laughs> well, sure. You can't say that every single... A movie that has ever like where they've ever tried to update something and like I mean any historical movie that's been like where they I mean I, I obviously pay attention to like when they change something with the costumes and like people lose their fucking shit like just because like the color isn't accurate and it's like they didn't have that color yellow back then well and sometimes yeah sometimes <laughs> it is bad like like if you see someone who's just wearing a corset against like bare skin like that's somebody who doesn't know like their history and that no, doesn't work like that no it's fucking gross actually it's really disgusting and you'll ruin your clothes that way in case anyone wants to try that like that's just not how you wear corsets but if you have like uh, like there was a TV show um, from the UK that was set in the late 1800s. I forget what it was called, but they like all of the costumes were like bright pink and baby blue. And like they made like some really wild choices with the costume colors, which I thought like worked beautifully. But like a lot of people were like, mm, they wouldn't have done that. And it's like, no, they wouldn't. Like, that's OK. Though. Marie Antoinette. They did that. Marie Antoinette, they did that also, especially because like she has her kids on in one of the scenes. And again, people were like, oh, that's inaccurate. And it's like, obviously, that's not why it's It's not there. a Starbucks cup, people. <laughs> it's intentional. Like, I understand with like historical accuracies and all that stuff, but this movie isn't trying to do that. You know, it's not. I'm more talking about like the, the Westerns that are trying to like. They're trying well, to actually, blend in like sci fi or fantasy. You know but I mean? I'll tell you, I'll, I, I'll tell you. So I saw this in the theaters with my father and he did not enjoy it. And I remember asking him why he did not like it. And his answer, which is annoying to this day, is that, um, you know, he, he like launched. I can't even remember it because he launched into this whole like lecture. But basically the summary <laughs> of it was the technology to put a lot of this stuff together didn't exist for a couple more years and like there was like like a couple years after this movie was set like they would have had this and then they could have done that to do this and he like was sitting here and dissecting all of the technology and why it wouldn't have worked and how they were like several years off and I was like okay like they still like this is fucking giant spider (laughs) in the desert like what are you talking about but like people could do that like it's annoying. It's annoying. It's it's hard to let go. It's it's hard to look at it and go. It's a cartoon and just yeah. Let let the ridiculousness happen. Especially because it is 
full of adults. <laughs> oh, with pushing the adult buttons of humor, but it is. It's a car- no, it's it- an adult cartoon. No, yeah. guys, I like James Bond movies. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I can sit down and watch a James Bond movie and be totally like, no, That's this is done fine. on a different level. That's different. That's totally different. James Bond isn't this hokey. Isn't no, this no, 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 no. Okay, just because you haven't watched those James Bond movies, that doesn't mean James Bond is not this hokey and this slapstick. No, that Roger Moore James Bond is exactly this hokey. This is exactly within the Moonraker, the Spy Who Loved Me umbrella of Bond flicks. This uh, this exact movie lives in the Bond franchise, and it is more entertaining there. And this just fundamentally does not work. I just don't know why. It's just it's it's broken. This movie is like when you're watching it, you sit down and you're just like, this whole thing is broken. Like Kevin Klein looks like he's fucking about ready to fall asleep in some fucking scenes. He's like, did I get my paycheck? Did that come through? All right, cool. Thank you. Like even Will Smith, like this is the least charismatic I've ever seen the guy. There, there is a scene where they are both phoning it in so fucking hard, and it's their pivotal scene where uh, Gordon is like, "I'm going to help you get this guy." It's when they're sitting at the campfire, and and Will Smith is giving his backstory on what he's motivated by, and he they are both just saying the lines and it is it is really bad and it's cut you can see they cut a lot of it out i totally agree with that actually i have to say at like an hour and like 11 minutes maybe 10 minutes i paused it because i was like is this movie over yet and it wasn't there <laughs> no. was still more <laughs> but wait, I actually, there's more <laughs> i actually hate like after that the whole rest of the movie i mean there are some moments that are okay but like the whole rest of the movie I was just like awful. And if it ended right there before that scene, before any of that crap, before the knife fight with all of the men that you hated, Brian, like I would have been so much happier. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I just, the, so we have discussed this before. I'm a total sucker. If you can make me laugh, I will watch anything. And it doesn't make me laugh from that point on. And I hate the movie from that point on because <laughs> it's just not, it's not funny at all. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess the stuff in the first half wasn't working for me either. But no, I, I, I get you. I, the, the, the front is more enjoyable than, I don't know. I, 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 I do feel like a lot of it's the director. Uh, you listen to his commentary on this for this film. It was obviously recorded when the movie was like it hadn't even come out in theaters yet. Uh, and he's talking a lot about the special effects and stuff. And that scene when Will Smith uh, tries to save the president and uh, and Kevin Klein, <laughs> he dresses up as uh, as a girl and starts trying to seduce Ken- Kenneth Branagh. The director during the commentary there, he's just like, yeah, okay, so John Peters wanted this. Um, he thinks cross-dressing is really funny. It's not funny, but we could not think of anything else better to put in here to, to appease him. So we just went with this, and I, I really hate this section of the movie. It's god-awful. You know, I have to say, kind of on that note, I didn't think the cross-dressing was funny at all, but I did really appreciate, first of all, the scene where they try and replicate a woman's breasts, and Will Smith is like, no, your breasts are too hard, and you know, feel my breasts, and now feel my breasts. And I actually really <laughs> enjoyed that scene. And I also yeah. really enjoyed how whenever they were someone was cross-dressing i will smith did make comments about being an ugly woman but everyone else was just like no it's a woman what the fuck are you talking about even when will smith cross-dresses at the end um and no one is like oh my god what the fuck is he doing in drag everyone is just like oh is she with us and so i kind of enjoyed i thought that was funny where they were just like will smith who's obviously in (laughs) who's obviously cross-dressing everyone was just like oh what is this lady doing and like no one was just like I don't know. I, I thought that's what made it funny for me. Not that they were cross-dressing because that's just cross-dressing isn't funny. No, as, it's not. As as previously stated, it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> You're wearing ladies' clothes. It's hilarious. It's comedy. <laughs> no, please stop. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about Mrs. Doubtfire part two? <laughs> <laughs> I like Mrs. Doubtfire a lot. I, I thought Mrs. Down. Doubtfire was creepy, but it's also a funny movie. But creepy, creepy. I have not rewatched it in a while, and I don't, oof, I don't, I don't think I want to. I haven't, Hello. but I thought it was creepy when I was younger, just because. Um, well, for two reasons, and this is not relevant to the podcast, but no, like 
like, okay, my parents were going through a divorce at the exact same time that that movie came out. And on the one hand, I was like, that's so sad. Like, the, like you know, because I wanted to see, you know, my dad. and But he would just, like, come over. And I was like, like, how sad and awful and creepy that he can't see his own children. But then on the, uh, at the same time, like, how sad and creepy that he has to, like, cross-dress to get into the into his ex-wife's house and like deceive her and deceive the children and it's just like it's so icky i thought the whole thing was so icky i mean it was there, there were funny in the moments but like awful it was awful i hated it as a kid i thought it was so gross like i couldn't imagine my dad having to like dress up and deceive everybody just to see us you know what i'm saying like yeah how horrible well we need to do it for the podcast it's worthy I did. I did uh, sit down and watch Maverick because I was like, "Oh my god! Uh, please tell me Maverick's still good." Was it good? It was good. I, oh, I can't wait. I, we should do that one too. I enjoyed that. I was laughing at that movie. You know, Richard Donner was—he uh, was actually going to direct this film. Really? Yeah, because he probably been better. It, he directed some episodes of the TV show, uh, The Wild Wild West. Well, I think the guy who like the the actual Jim West like was totally against this uh, this film and. Did you read anything into that? I didn't. No, I didn't. It. I just. I didn't even know yeah, about that. Well, cut me out saying it because I, <laughs> I was I was lobbing something up for you because I don't have enough information on it, but I do think so. Yeah. Was he? Uh, he was like, well, "How dare you recast my character as a black man?" Basically, I think I think it <laughs> but, was on was it really? headlines. Oh, yeah. Man. And then also, you know, but like apparently he he didn't like the the you know the direction they went with it. It 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 wasn't you know true to the original. He, was it uh, the trailers mentioned that this is from the director of Men in Black? So were these people under contract to be in this movie and direct this movie? And is that kind of how it happened? Uh, man, I forget who who brought it to Barry Seinfeld, or you know, it may have been Will Smith. It actually brought it to Barry Seinfeld because uh, they were actually finishing uh, Men in Black when he got involved with the script. But then they I, they had all this all the problems with the script. That's why there's like. I think there's like six writers that are credited for the screenplay or four for the screenplay and then two for the story. I think the, the guys that got the story are the, the Thompson brothers, the Jim and John that wrote the, uh, the predator or predator, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. But yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I know this was like a John Peters joint. <laughs> That's why the giant spiders in it. Kevin Smith's got a, What's that on? What DVD is that on? An evening with Kevin Smith, or I think it's yeah, it's his first uh, you know Q and A that actually like blew up. Well, it's at the it's a collection of, of stories from Q and As, and he tells the the John Peters uh, Superman Lives story where Kevin Smith was hired to write the Superman Lives screenplay that Tim Burton was going to shoot with Nick Cage, and in that <laughs> script. It's insanity. In that so script, um, Nicolas Cage, uh, Superman, was going to fight a giant spider in the third act. And uh, he was just really, really into that. And that movie never happened. And uh, in this movie, in the third act, <laughs> a massive fucking spider appears. You know what this movie needs? It, it needs that spider idea from Superman. That, that... You know what? I had this idea. <laughs> I had this idea. For a, a giant spider, and I'm going to do it one day. It's a big ass spider. <laughs> John Peters is a—he's a crazy guy. He was—he was the head of um, Sony for, uh, for like three or four years, late '80s, early '90s. Uh, Bro, he was Barbara uh, uh, Streisand's um, hairdresser. Yeah, and I happened to look him up. <laughs> you ever seen that movie Shampoo with Warren Beatty? Yeah, did he do that? No, that movie is based on John Peters. The the director is um, Hal Ashby. Uh, he's the guy that edited In the Heat of the Night, and he uh, and he did uh, Harold there. and Maude. Yeah, and Harold and Maude. Yeah, but yeah, that that movie is kind of like uh, the unofficial John Peters story. I'm looking it up because I, I, they they seem to have changed uh, IMDb around. Now, I want to double check myself before I bring it up and be wrong, but I think John Peters also did some catering <laughs> in his career. And was in control of uh, catering and crafty on some movies. Oh, I don't doubt it, man. I, I, how the fuck he got like, to be when a I producer? saw that? I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> and this this was as as recent as you know, you know, pretty recent. Some of the last stuff he did before he died. He died. Did he die? That's why I, I can't. I can't find. No, it. I don't think. Didn't he? He just uh, married and then divorced <laughs> Pamela Anderson. I'm sorry. Like I, was last thinking, year. I was thinking of someone else. 
I think I I don't know. He may be dead. He's that's dude's super old. He was a hairdresser. Yeah, he was. No man, he's still kicking. What I found interesting is that he 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 did uh, a Star Is Born, both of them. Mm. Like his very first movie he produced was A Star Is Born in 1976, and then he did the the new one as well. well, well he did he did the remakes. Uh, there's three versions of. Oh, is there? Is there really? Yeah, is Judy Garland. Yeah, Judy Garland's in the first for Wizard of Oz. She's in the first one. Well, who's in the 1976 one? Barbara Streisand. Oh, well, there you go. That's the only one I knew of. Yeah, that that's how he. That's how I. I can't remember if he met her before that point, and they they started. Oh, I guess he, he was doing hair for, her, but I think that's the movie he started like producing. And of course, there's like all, you know everyone's like, how much producing did the hairdresser actually do? <laughs> I don't know, but he makes an amazing shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I'm fucking telling you, we should get him to cater our next film. It's not that the, his catering stuff is not on IMDb, but it is on his Wikipedia page. So I don't know if it's true, but he probably makes a damn good grilled cheese. Oh, dude! Why you know? While you're waiting for your beehive to get done, you know, <laughs> you need a snack. goddammit. it! He's like, you know what? You should really get those tips frosted, Brian. And then look what happened to Brian. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bald. <laughs> I got him frosted a little too much. We didn't bring up the uh, RCA dog moment. Oh, you know that actually made me laugh. I laughed at that. I, I noticed. I remember seeing that scene and um, as a kid, and when that dog goes in, and I, for some reason in my head, I always remember that because it has a little weird feeling to it. And this time when I watched it, I realized that weird feeling I was feeling as a kid was that they are fucking digitally slowing that shot down, and it's stuttery, and it makes me angry, Brian. I didn't notice that mistake because that, that was one of the only times like I was laughing and my eyes were like a little squitted. It was like. You're like it is it's a cool moment. And they slow it down because they need a little bit more out of that moment because it's great. But that was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the paintings, the paint, the the assassins. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, dude, yeah. And then the, and then the little button at the end where the one falls from the ceiling, even though he didn't ever shoot up. I think that in that shot where they cut low angle on him, where he's like pow 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 pow, you got the gunslinger shot, you know, from the hip yep. up. Um, he should have he should have shot straight up. I don't know. Maybe that bullet bounced around or something. Yeah, Ricochet, dude. He's Jim West. He's got this. But I, I, I love how late that those uh, paintings come alive. You know, he goes in there and he's like digging around the office and then the Asian lady comes in and they have their whole thing. And then they're like, you know. <laughs> Are you just a cowboy people... that needs to poke around? <laughs> East meets West. Oh, God, I forgot about that line. It's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> See, his last name is West. <laughs> yeah, and she's from the East. Miss East. <laughs> oh, there's also the, you know, it, that's that's the, that's the, you know, that's that's the, the throwback to the James Bond thing, especially like the, um, reads lips a lot, or what, what's her name? M- Miss Lippenreader. Miss Lippenreader, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Lippenreader. <laughs> You know, Kenneth Branagh, like, he almost had me in a couple moments, but, you know, that fucking, what the hell they were doing with his facial hair design? It was so goddamn distracting. His epic beard, bro? (laughs) I couldn't even laugh at his jokes. I just kept looking at his face, just being like, what, 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 it's cut there, and then here, and over there, too? What? And it's just so, it's, it's, it's so dark, bro. Like, why did they give him, like, black hair? (laughs) Well, when you don't have the rest of your body and you can only really focus on one thing, and it's it's facial hair, you know, you really got to get your facial hair game on. Yeah. Oh, I did like his little uh, his little sex bed. That's got the. Uh... Oh my god! With all, <laughs> with all... <laughs> there's so much shit going on in that bed. But it's got the little cutout for the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he can go up below one of the girls that's hanging in the handcuffs. <laughs> just like oh that's all right that that's subtle go fuck you fuck me that that's funny that's awesome i did laugh at that one ted levine's fucking earwax thing when he empties oh, out the, the glorious ear, ear juice i think that i think that that stands out in my brain the most uh as a kid is, when i look back on this film is, is the glorious ear juice that is so fucking he, nasty he really wants to hear kevin klein sing uh <laughs> soldiers from the south or whatever the fuck they're singing 
I don't know. So yeah, some some patriotic Southern Confederacy song <laughs> that got everybody in the uh, the place all riled up. I gave half my body to the Confederacy. The United divided. Um, Kevin Klein got me with one with one of his one liners when. Um, Who's the train driver? He's in. He's in all kinds of shit. He's great. Oh, uh, he's in Blood Simple. That's uh, he's so solid. He's so solid in in this role as well. E. He's just Emmett a good something. character director. E. Emmett Walsh. That's his name. When he comes out and he's like, he's like, you know, uh, you 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 hurt my train. I'll you know I'll throw your ass off of here or whatever. And then he goes, Coleman, that's my truffle reduction sauce. <laughs> he's in there holding his pan. Uh, I think it's funny that Kevin Klein's like, you know, he's this like little tinkerer, but he's also into, you know, cooking and fine, you know, fine wines. And he's always got all this shit going around. Got a badass train, even though the train makes no sense. Like at any time you could be like spun upside down and like you're hanging underneath the train. And and how are you belted in? Like, how does that work? Why? Like if you're trying to get somebody out of your train, why would you strap them in and then flip them over? Yes, well, I guess to scare them and in t- and like in like to interrogate them. Well, or? let's say you can like capture them and like take them to jail because you're not supposed to just kill them, like which you'd be if you would toss them on the tracks like that. So, so they're but, good guys. They're good guys. <laughs> you keep them alive. I know, but why put them underneath the train? Like if they're already like on a pool table, no, strapped down. No, why flip so you it can. Over? In- no, because you need to enjoy the rest of your train ride in peace. Like if they're strapped oh. onto the table. Like that's inconveniencing you now. Do that's you see true. what I'm it saying? It's about comfort. Yeah. Try, try to listen to my records over here, and he just keeps talking. <laughs> Untie me. It did remind me of uh, some Inspector Gadget, especially that Matthew Broderick fucking terrible live action movie. <laughs> okay, Penny. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, it was like the same effects team that worked on that worked on this movie. I swear to God. Go, go, Gadget Copter. <laughs> that's a man's head. Guys, I don't think I, uh, I don't think I have anything else here. Well, we just never talked about Air Gordon. Not a lot to talk about there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can, can we write a can we write a, a, a like a memo to Hollywood and tell them to, for the love of God, please stop taking the spaceships and having them go down off a cliff and fall out through frame. And then we and have then to wait two seconds, and then they pop up about, out of like the bottom ra- of the frame, like like like, like in Radio Flyer. And like in Star Trek uh, Fly Away Home, uh, Star Trek Beyond. All the Star Treks. Um, oh, hold on. Um, I think it's also, uh, I think they do that in, 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 in the second Indiana Jones movie, don't they? Anyways, it, it happens a lot. Yeah. Are you talking about the, the mine car section? Or uh, yeah, like, they're, they're, like, the raft going know. down the mountain. I think it's the raft going down the mountain. I need to rewatch that. That just came out in 4K, so I will be sitting down for a rewatch there. <laughs> yes, sir. Wild Wild West did not come out in 4K. That's a surprise to nobody. I really think that these effects would uh, really, you know, that they would look a lot better in 4K. <laughs> and by better, we could really rip them apart. And no, Yeah, I, yeah. Ooh, look at these seams. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can see them in standard def. I think we should look at the uh, the people who worked on that in the compositing department and go to their IMDb and then look them up and then ridicule them about it. <laughs> like, look what you did. They're like, man. <laughs> How much time did you spend doing that? <laughs> <laughs> the worst is when both of uh, Kevin Clyde and Will Smith are both hung upside down under the train. And, man, they spent all this time to get, oh. like, the hair effect, like whatever yeah. the wind machine is to blow their hair right. But then all the edges. Yeah, it's so blurry. It looks bad. Getting away from uh, effects for a second, I did like the the shot, uh, and they repeated it twice. Both of uh, Kenneth Branagh's speeches, where the camera's like mounted in the front of his wheelchair. Oh yeah, I do like that a lot. And the three sixty shot, that's cool. That is cool. It feels good, and he, he's always spinning in his little when he's on that stage talking. It's 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 got a really cool momentum to it. Although the, uh, this director was uh, the cinematographer for the Coen Brothers in the earlier stuff before Roger Deakins took over. Rightly so. Yeah. I know he shot Blood Simple and uh, what was that? What was the uh, Nicholas K. Uh, Raising Arizona? He shot those. Yeah. I, I need to rewatch Raising Arizona. It's been a while. Yeah, he stole uh, the Sam Raimi uh, camera move thing for Raising Arizona. Well, I don't know if that's really stole because those guys are friends. Sam Raimi and uh, the Coen brothers actually uh, made a movie together. It's uh, Sam, I think Sam Raimi's like, second film is called Crime Wave. He made it right after uh, Evil Dead, and it's got the Coen brothers in it. 
he's like he's like okay so what i did was i like took the camera and put it on this like two by four and then two people like hold on to it and then you can just run around with it and it looks really cool <laughs> that might be really cool in your movie are we at ratings gimbals. i think we are brian who's going first rating the wild wild west whose movie was this did griggs drop this on us and then leave uh, I think it was just the the like the natural fit because we were doing all the Men in Black movies and it's like ah what's the other Fourth of July movie and we already did Independence Day so but there's a, no it's not true because there's a fourth Men in Black movie that we're not doing for some reason yeah well it doesn't have Will Smith in it it's Will Smith July you know no Will Smith <laughs> okay it makes sense I guess um, Brian fun movie when I was a kid eh, movie when I'm an adult. <laughs> It, it was okay. It looks okay. Composites are shit. It's a four. <laughs> That's less hold than okay. Hold, Five is okay. Uh, hold on. What? What is it? What's What's the Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, the tomato meter is seventeen. Oh wow, right. that low. Yeah, with an audience score of twenty eight. Oh, wow! Holy shit! Really. I mean, I'm not saying that that's low. I'm just... I'm about to say, do you think that's low? No, I'm just kind of surprised that that's actually what audiences thought of this. And so IMDb rates it at a 4.9. So cool, yeah. I'm coming in at a 4. That's good. A 4. All right. Probably one of my lowest movies. <laughs> you want to you go next, Chris, or you want to go last? I'll go next. Um... I, uh, you know, I, I think there were some redeemable moments in this. I thought there were a lot of funny moments, especially at... Uh, in the first half of the movie I really was not fond of the second half of the movie it was there's so much action it was super boring um but overall I thought the costume design was excellent I thought the production design was excellent I mean if anything I feel like they relied too much on special effects and the machines and I think we were supposed to be impressed by everything that they were doing when really like everyone's there just to watch like Will Smith and Kevin Klein, and they didn't lean on that as much as they could have i think um but i enjoyed it i enjoyed it for the most part i was actually very surprised i thought i was gonna hate it so i'm gonna give it a six a six you think i should eight, go higher six. eight eight point six no no please don't <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think we need to go higher um, i was gonna say i can give it like a 6.5 but i think that would be scary <laughs> I'll stick with this thing. I need to go up to 4.5 because I forgot about the Dave thing. So yeah, 4.5, Brian. Sorry. Uh, the committee does not recognize your point five. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, we get point fives all the time. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of redeemable stuff in this movie. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the redeemable things uh, I like in order. Uh, number one. Will Smith's song, The Wild Wild West, is the best thing wicked, wicked that, that came out of this movie. Um, it's the only thing that I've... I, I've actually, I've heard the song more than I've ever seen the movie. I didn't... Like, I saw this in theaters. I didn't even finish watching it. I actually left and went to a different movie. I think I went to go see, like, The End of the Mummy again. Because that was... I would rather see that. Which is an action movie that's funny and does the same thing, only does it way better than this movie does. So, song, um, I, I really love the production design. Not all of it makes 100% sense, and it does look like a back lot or uh, a soundstage, but all of it's very, it, it's pleasing to look at. It's got nice colors. It's got nice designs. Um, and I really like the costumes. I know they're not, like, accurate or anything like that, but, you know, I, I like the people to look good. I like James Bond movies. I like The Untouchable. I like that kind of style. Yeah, it makes people look like movie stars. I super appreciated that. Um I really just kind of everything else just felt like people were collecting paychecks and it was boring and I wasn't laughing and I wasn't having a good time. And I was just looking at my watch thinking like, please, God, let this fucking end. It's an hour and fucking 40 minutes of hell on earth. Why is this movie still going? Also, like the the score is not bad either. You know, like now that I'm thinking about it, the score was good. Elmer uh, Bernstein, who wrote the score for like some incredible movies, like the original Magnific Magnificent Seven. I get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in at a three though. This just doesn't work in any way, shape, or form. Not funny. Not a good movie. Not entertaining. 
Okay, I have a side note to this because what you said reminded me of it when we watched the music video. I was actually, I love the song. The song is great. It's catchy. Who doesn't like the song? But uh, when we were watching the, what is it, seven, eight minute long music video, I, that to me was just like boring and I couldn't wait for it to end. And I felt like they were just phoning everything in and I could tell so much money went into that music video and it was just awful. It was so awful which is horrible because the song is so good and why was the music video so bad and also it kind of reminded me of Cisco's The Thong Song. I don't know if you guys have watched the music video for this recently. This is relevant because that is another Okay, we should because that is another (laughs) (laughs) music video that they poured money into and it really reminded me like when I was growing up, they poured money into it. Like he has a full on orchestra on the beach, like watch it, watch that music video. You'll see how much money they spent on it and it's for the thong song. Okay, Um, but it really reminded me when I was growing up watching all of this seeing how much money they poured into it seeing like yes movie stars you seeing movie stars on screen and how great everyone looked and everyone like even if it was shit it still looked amazing and you could tell someone was trying I don't know exactly who but like someone was trying and like that is why I really wanted to get into like movies and and do all of this stuff it was just like I don't know it was so exciting and I feel like a lot of that is lost now and so I feel like when I watch stuff like this, it kind of, it just reminds me of that, of how like inspired I was when I was a kid. And I think that's why I rate them so much higher than you guys who are probably more accurate. But it, I don't know. It's, it's I, I don't know. I like them. Anyway, so yeah, everyone should watch Cisco's The Thong Song and not the music video to, to Wild Wild West. That's where I'm going with this. Well, Will Smith was uh, very excited <laughs> about that music video on the on the. They even have like special features on the Blu-ray of, 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 for the music video. Will Smith's like, yeah, see, the music video is like a sequel to the Wild Wild West. It's like Wild Wild West two. And I was like, well, hold up, but, but wait a minute. <laughs> the music video starts with Selma Hayek's character in bed with you, and we've established at the end of the Wild Wild West that she's got another husband, and that's who she goes off with at the end of the movie, and she leaves both of. Yeah, that doesn't make any no, sense. No, dude, all. he right? clearly died, and then she was like, "You know who I need to marry now is Will <laughs> now Smith." She's got her money. Now she's got the money. She moves on. The old scientist guy finally kicked the bucket. He was, yeah, like we all saw him at the end. He was old. Like she's ready to move on. Like it's okay. This is several years later, or at least one year later, and so yeah, it makes sense. It is the old west. I mean, that guy definitely looked forty, and that's like a hundred now. So. <laughs> All right, so with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? The audience can follow me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, and wherever you get your podcasts with Torah Stories. Avante! Wow. <laughs> and Kristen, Sunday, 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 where can they find you? No, I'm sorry. And Kristen, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we're going to close out the show tonight, of course, with track number one from the Wild Wild West soundtrack titled Wild Wild West, performed by Will Smith. Enjoy. Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six gunning this, brother running this. Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. Rough neck, so go check the lawn to buy. Watch your step reflex and get a hold of your side. Swallow your pride. Don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. With Artemis from the start of this. Running the game. James West, taming the West. So remember the name. Now who you going to call? Now the GP. Now who you going to call? G-W. If you ever riff with people, one of us break out before you get bum rushed at the Wild Wild West. When I roll into the Wild Wild West, when I stroll into the Wild Wild West, when I bounce into the Wild Wild West, it's gold, it's gold. Once upon a time, a 
Madman lost his damn mind in the West. Love less, getting up and down, nothing less. Now I must put his behind to the test. Then through the shadows in the saddle, ready for battle. Bring all your poison, it kind of poison. Behind my back, all everything you did, front and center. Now where you look back, kid, who that is? A mean brother, bow for your help. Looking damn good, though, if I can say it myself. Told me Loveless is a madman, but I don't fit that. He got mad weapons, too. Ain't trying to hear that. Trying to bring down me, the champion. When y'all clowns gonna see that it can't be done. Understand me, son. I'm the slickest they is. I'm the quickest they is. Did I say I'm the slickest they is? So if you're barking up the wrong tree, we coming. Don't be starting nothing. Me and my partner gonna test your chest, Loveless. Can't stand the heat to get out the wild, wild. Wow, 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 wow,